Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And Phil, this is one of our patented mini-episodes. It certainly is, and I feel like you're going to put the words in my mouth with this one, Mike. Oh, <laughs> I like what you did there. Well, I don't know if I'm going to put the words in your mouth, but that is certainly ties in nicely to our theme, which also ties into a movie that has either recently been released or is about to come out, depending on when this episode airs. But that is, of course, The Happy Time Murders. Phil, you're our resident movie guru, expert webmaster. Tell people a little bit about that movie. Yeah, The Happy Time Murders, it's been in development for a long, long time, but it's, it's all about... Uh setting a world a bit like Roger Rabbit where puppets are real characters they walk around they have jobs and things and it's uh, about an 80s children tv show the puppet cast of them are getting killed one by one and we've got uh, an LAPD, LAPD detective who's now a private eye and also a puppet he's on the case and he joins forces with uh, Melissa McCarthy's human cop and they go along trying to find it and it's very well, seeing the trailer, it's very non-PC. There's lots of sex, drugs, and rock and roll involved. It looks, it looks very, very funny. And I mean, who doesn't like a puppet? Right. Which is what inspired our list for today, which is of course top five movie puppets. Correct. So there's lots to choose from, and it was quite. Uh, the more I looked into this, the more puppets I found. Right. And I think we should clarify that when we're talking about puppets here, it's not just like your Sesame Street, Elmo type of puppets, or like the ones in Happy Time Murders, which have that very classic Muppets kind of look to it. But any sort of animatronic puppet, you know, hand puppet, anything. Yeah, marionettes, things like that, whatever. Marionettes, right. Anything that kind of basically uh, was a was not a, a CGI special effect, but a physical practical effect that wasn't human um, and, you know, was created by humans, that's a puppet. I think it'll be pretty obvious some of the ones on the list, but and there may, might be a couple that'll surprise you. Hopefully, yeah. And uh, hopefully we won't have too many duplications. But as you know, if you're a regular listener, neither Mike or myself can fare with what we've picked. So there could be, you know, a few similar things, but hopefully not too many. Phil, I'm going to let you kick off. But before we get started, I have an honorable mention I want to throw out there real quickly. I couldn't fit it on my list okay, because it didn't it didn't fit and I couldn't get it into a, a neat tie with anything, but it's Jabba the Hutt from Return of the Jedi. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I put him on there is because he's so massive and so like, he's kind of a gross looking character. No one's like, no one wants to slabber Jabba onto a t-shirt or anything, but like it took like all these people to maneuver this giant puppet and yet it's such a memorable part of that movie and he looks so kind of realistic and cool and and just unique, and I just love the fact that it's it's it sort of breaks the convention of what you think of as being a puppet, even though it was, because I believe there's like three guys inside of him controlling all the different parts of him. So I thought he was really cool. Couldn't make it onto the list, so honorable mention. That Jabba the Hutt from Attendance of the Jedi is uh, the puppet looks so much better than the the CGI versions we had in like the prequels and in the special editions. Exactly, exactly. So it's it's, it's that just shows what uh, what a puppet can do. That's why I wanted to include it. An excellent choice. Thank you. Let's get to the official list, though, our top five. Phil, why don't you kick us off? Okay, I'm kicking off with basically the whole of Team America World Police, but mainly the, the Kim Kim Jong-il puppet. But this is just, this is the one with uh, the guys from uh, South Park did the whole thing with Super Marionation. The whole film was with uh, marionette puppets 
they built everything you know for this film they, they couldn't just go out and pick the bits off they had to make everything all the sets and things like that i just think they did a phenomenal job it's very funny i mean you have you have you were having proper gunfights and things like that with puppets but kim Jong il's version it was a good caricature of him and very very funny and that's why it's my number five good choice i considered it but i'm just not that big a fan of that movie so yeah, yeah. it 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 wasn't good enough for me. I shouldn't say that wasn't good enough. The puppets are great. The movie wasn't good enough for me to to make inclusion on the list. But I, I had a feeling it might show up on yours. Okay, what's your first one? All right, well, my number five, uh, after I went to all the trouble to talk about how these might not be traditional puppets, is a traditional puppet. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, Dracula from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and for those of you who may not remember, Jason Siegel's character is writing a uh, puppet version of Dracula as a musical play. Yeah. And so he talks about it a lot, but at the end of the movie, we get to actually see part of his production. And it's uh, it's a musical number with a Dracula puppet singing and all of that stuff. And it's I included it because it is sort of that classic, very Sesame Street-esque looking puppet, but it's such a funny scene. And it's such a great buildup to it that when you finally see it, it's the funniest part of the movie. And I love that they took this sort of classic kids look and turned it into this Dracula puppet for a musical of all things. So uh, <laughs> it's great scene, great, great puppet, kind of a neat turn, sort of a, a prototypical inspiration for the, the Happy Land murders in a way, yeah, taking yeah. these, you know, kids looking puppets and making them a little more grown up. An excellent choice. I've forgotten about that one, to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's one a, I've always had a soft pick. spot for. Okay, well, my number four is one from John Carpenter's The Thing, and there's quite a few to choose from, but I'm going with the dog puppet, mm. uh, which uh, Rob Bottin, the special effects guy, did it when he was only 22 years old. He did those effects. Which is crazy. Yep. That's just bizarre. But the dog puppet, obviously, it's the first time we see the thing proper, as it were. We all know when uh, the huskies in there and all the other huskies go crazy, and then this one splits open, and we've got bits of dog's heads coming out and things like that. But lots of that was a puppet. There was obviously other bits and uh, special effect magic and practical effects but that was a puppet somebody's hand was up there in the dog's face head moving it around and i just think it's sick twisted gory and just shows you know one of the extremes you can go to with a, a puppet in a movie that is an excellent choice and interestingly enough my number four is also from the thing oh, i kind of okay. gave it the creatures of the thing but the one i specifically focused in on was the head alien oh i almost did that one. Oh, brilliant okay. yeah and i don't mean head like the main alien i mean for yeah, those yeah. of you who aren't familiar with the film there's a scene where uh a character's head yeah <laughs> kind of pops off and then scuttles off on its own and everyone is like what the and it's just a really memorable moment from the film um, yeah. And so that's the one that I pick because I just of all the creatures in the film, whenever I think of the thing, that's the first one that comes to mind. There's so many of them, but so many of them are, are, are big and kind of amorphous and they change shapes. And, you know, there's all these bits and pieces and everything. But that's the one that's so like self-contained and, and just super creepy. So that's my number four. Yeah. Oh, I forgot, though, the uh, the dog puppets I was talking about as well. Rob Bottin did all that, but Stan, Wish Stan Winston, the amazing Stan Winston, did help him. Uh, on making that dog thing puppets, uh, but he refused credits. Oh, there you go. For it, so that, that's why I forgot about it. I meant to mention okay. that. So apologies, but yeah. So it was. I think Stan Winston did lots of the work on the dog puppets, uh, but he was so impressed by Rob Bottin's work that he did that. But there we go. That's the thing. So both of us had that for number four. Brilliant. Indeed. Yeah. Very good. Okay. My number three is uh, I'm going to go with Yoda from The Empire Strikes Back. Very good. Uh, who was again, as you mentioned, we, we mentioned with Jabba at the start, This the puppet from The Empire Strikes Back was so much better than many of the CGI versions. Obviously, he couldn't fight and do all those things, but he was. I, th I feel there's, there's a lot more character in The Empire Strikes Back, even though it, the puppet itself didn't do much, couldn't, well, didn't do that as much as, you know, 
later puppets could do but i just think uh, frank oz doing the voice and the puppeteering was amazing uh it's so funny uh so scary as well in places he could be quite sinister you know, the yoda puppets uh, i just think yeah. it, was, it was brilliant but he had this fully fledged you character will be. <laughs> see that's what it is <laughs> and you know mm, i like that <laughs> for a while uh, but uh but it just had you know, this this character who was so small and yet so powerful and had such a bearing on the rest of uh of, of the star wars story it's uh it's incredible what they did but that's my number three very good choice all right my number three is the dinosaurs of jurassic park specifically focusing on the raptors oh excellent yeah and you know obviously they're quite big to be considered what you think of as puppets but but they are i mean they're they were controlled by people obviously remote controlled but they are uh large-scale animatronic puppets and um i just think like you know it's it's so easy nowadays to uh, CGI everything. Yeah, and obviously, yeah. when the first Jurassic Park came out, that that wasn't the case. And there is some CGI in that film, obviously, but a lot of the scenes with the raptors are, you know, practical puppets, and they're so interactive and they look great. And they're, you know, there's that scene in the kitchen, the whole chase scene, and everything. And um, I, I just think they're fantastic and they're so memorable. And they sort of really made raptors a household name because before. Jurassic Park came out. Not many people knew because Velociraptors were kind of a newly discovered species, and now they're yeah, like, you that's know, true. Yeah, they're yeah. everyone. Everyone yeah. in the world knows what they are. So I, I feel like that makes them really memorable. Yeah, and you, you mentioned that the like the kitchen scene, having the puppets, using puppets on set with the actors, it just gives it like a, an immediacy, like a realness to it, where you don't get that even with top of the you know top quality CGI. Having that puppet there. It's just obviously the actors can see it and interact with it better. Yeah, but just it just you just get that feeling of. It's there. It can. It's going to get them. Yeah, yeah. More so than if it's just a CG thing. Exactly. So that's why they're my number three. Yeah, lots to choose from in there. That first one, especially. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's sure. a good one. Okay, my number two is uh, is the Skeksis or Skeksis from uh, the Dark Crystal. Uh, Jim Henson and the, Hen- and the Henson Studios built those ones. They, these are the bad guys from the Dark Crystal. If you don't remember the ones that sort of have like a. A bird-like face, almost. Oh, I remember. Yeah, they look like part reptile, part bird, part dragon kinds of things. Uh, bigger than you actually think when you, because you think you often just think of the head, but they're like big, bulky bodies as well. Uh, but uh, Jim Henson, he was inspired by, he was inspired for the look of them by uh, a Lewis Carroll poem, which showed two elegantly dressed crocodiles in a bathroom, and he liked the idea of this reptilian race of human control over a formerly splendid past society. So he did this, but he also mentioned they were in, the costume was incredibly heavy. Uh, so it was quite difficult to perform it. But I, I just love that. There was uh, lots of different Skeksis in the film and they all had different characters as well and the, the voices and they were, you know, quite quite scary in this. You just uh, another great design and extremely well done. Well, the whole of the Dark Crystal, so many great puppets to choose from in that, like Fizzgig and all the others. But uh, I'm going to go with the Skeksis for this. Good choice. You know, I'll tell you a story, Phil. When I yeah. was a kid, there was nobody more excited to see the Dark Crystal than me. Oh yeah, I yeah. was I was cushionly disappointed with it. Over the moon. No, the, the <laughs> I went and saw it, and the Skeksis scared the bejesus <laughs> out of me. I was terrified, and I have never liked that movie ever since because of that. And, and I know people love that movie. It's one of those films that has a real yeah. you know place in people's hearts from a certain generation. I'm not one of them because I was so traumatized from it. Uh, and even when I went back and watched it as an adult, which I did a handful of years ago, kind of figured, <laughs> well, I'm over it now. They didn't scare me now, but I still don't really like that movie. And I, I have to think that part of it is just that 
there's just a residual memory that's not going away. Will be. You know what I mean? Yeah. could yeah. be the best movie in the world, but I'm never going to like it because they scared the crap out of it. Oh, well, I hope I haven't given you any flashbacks down. No, no, too. I think I'll be okay, but they obviously didn't make my list. So. <laughs> good choice. Very good choice. I, I get it, but yeah. not on my list. Cool. All right. Well, my number two is Gizmo from Gremlins. Oh, excellent, yeah. The Mogwai, of course, the pre-Gremlin form. Um, and just there's something about the design of him that I really love. Another movie that I was super excited about when I was a kid. Also scared me, but not the same way the Skeksis did. But I love Gremlins, but I think Gizmo is just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. he looks great. You know, he moves well. Uh, I mean, it's it's obvious, I think, to an extent that he's a puppet. You know, he's not. It's yeah, maybe not yeah. the most realistic puppet in the world, but he's got a lot of character and a lot of heart, and that movie wouldn't work if Gizmo didn't work, I think. Yeah, definitely. He's just like the heart and soul, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and he's just so darn cute. I, you know, just, I can't stand it. So that's my number two, Gizmo. Gizmo from Gremlins. And, and Gremlins too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent pick. Uh, but my number one is the Alien Queen from James Cameron's Aliens. Uh, I honestly didn't even think of that one. Yeah, yeah. But it's... Uh, I don't feel bad about my raptors being too big now, though. Yeah, there you go. But this one, it was it was des- apparently James Cameron designed and created it. Uh, he'd done a painting. It's based on a painting he did when he was starting the, the Aliens project. And he worked with uh, Stan Winston again to do it. This one, uh, they did a test foam core queen before constructing a full hydraulic puppet, which was used for most of the scenes. They had to have two people working the twin sets of arms from inside the puppet, which is crazy. And obviously you had uh, puppeteers off screen controlling the head and jaws with remote control and whatever, you know, hydraulic systems and stuff like that. So altogether, I think there was eight operators uh, on the the Alien Queen puppet with Stan Winston sort of being like a music conductor and making sure they were all working in unison to make it that menacing, scary, twisted thing that we first see in Aliens. And uh, God bless them for doing it because it's an amazing thing. Yeah, that's a great choice. I wish I'd thought of it. There's actually one of the extra features on on one of the Aliens... uh, releases has um they did like a mock-up i think that foam core one and yeah they're, they're trying it out in the parking lot and they have all these like it's like the head i think and is made of foam core there's like a, all these black garbage bags kind of coming off of it to sort of give the the feel of the the crown and the oh yeah, and stuff yeah. you know and it's really fascinating to see them like practicing with this puppet made of like you know foam core and garbage bags yeah. out in like the the parking lot at fox you know cool i'll have to try really neat that. footage yeah. And that became this iconic creature. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, apparently, though, in uh, like Alien vs. Predator and other times, they, uh, CG came in, you know, they streamlined and made, made a chest thinner because of, they didn't need to have people inside the actual figure and things like that. So right. that's why it looks a little bit different. There you go. That's my number one. But what's your number one, Mike? Well, my number one has actually already appeared on your list. So happy to say not too much overlap on yeah, our yeah, lists. Yeah. But this one's kind of an obvious choice. It is Yoda <laughs> from Empire Strikes Back. Good not only us. did he give birth to our beloved pervy Yoda. Gave birth? I did. Um, <laughs> but uh, like you said, I mean, I think he's he's a, he's a great puppet in, in that. Yes, he didn't maybe move the most, but that also fit the character. You know, yeah, yeah, he was an old creature. Yeah. Uh, but even like the scenes where he's on Luke's back, there's there's a, you know, a freeness to him that I think was really, you know, clever. Um, but just like the expressions and the Frank Oz voice and everything gave him such a memorable character. And to take a character who really has a pretty small part in the second film, not small, but it's not a giant part, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he basically became this beloved character for generations of people. I mean, there are Yoda t-shirts and toys and posters and, you know, mugs and everything. And I know that's partially because Star Wars is a marketing machine, but there are people out there who just absolutely love, love, love Yoda. And I think that that wouldn't happen if it wasn't a great puppet, you know. And like you said, the the, the puppet version is better than the CGI versions. I was really happy. Yeah. Spoil, spoiler alert for The Last Jedi. 
I was really happy that when they brought him back in The Last Jedi, they went with a puppet and not a CGI because I think it looked it looked fantastic. Yeah, it worked really well. And that, 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 that's how Luke couldn't remember him anyway. Right, exactly. But I just think when, when you're thinking about the most famous and iconic movie puppets, Yoda, I think, comes to mind before anybody else does. Yeah, so definitely. that was my number one. Uh, excellent, an excellent choice. Uh, just a couple of little shout-outs then, because you had one to start. I want to say... Uh, sure, yeah. Was it Audrey, Aubrey from Little Shop of Horrors? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Uh, Chucky, Child's Play. I thought of Chucky, yeah, yeah because I'm a short list. Uh, lots of the things from Labyrinth, they were the ones as well. Some good ones there. Yeah. And one that I hadn't even thought about, but Slimer from Ghostbusters, the original. He was on my short list also, actually. I actually almost put him on there, but he got edged out. Oh, well, that's, uh, I didn't, I'd forgotten about that was a puppet. Oh, and E.T. as well in places was also a puppet, but there we go. Yep, very good. Yeah, I'm sure there's, there's a few more we've forgotten, but if you want to let us know, get in touch and share your favorite movie puppet. And there you go. That's our top five movie puppets. A couple of fun lists, I think. Yeah, yeah. Some, and as you say, uh, not so much overlap on this one, which was good. Yeah, yeah. It was fun to go back and, like you said, learn about some of the things that I didn't really think about as being puppets until mm. I started doing some research. So that was yeah, fun to look some, into. Some amazing people, artists and performers out there who control the puppets and make them. So Absolutely. Uh, respect to all of them. Yes, indeed. We tip our hat to you all, sirs and madams, who have brought all these puppets to life over the years and made some of our favorite movies. Yeah, and I look forward to seeing many more in the future. I wish we could have seen all the puppets that were used in the Thing prequel. (laughs) Yeah, well... But sadly, they went with CG. Yeah, sadly. All right, well, there you go. That's our top five movie puppets, and that is us. So we are going to sign off for now. But as always, we thank you greatly for listening. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next time. After the ending. Yeah, I mean, I wonder who else is going to be uh, done by the whole looking at their past Twitters and things. Well, listen, I'm I'm just hoping that my early tweets saying of what a huge Ridley Scott fan I am don't come out because <laughs> that would that would be super embarrassing, and you might have to find a new a new. It's going to undercut everything we've worked for. <laughs> and I know you've somewhere in your dark past you have tweets praising Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan is so one of the greatest filmmakers. God forbid those ever get oh, out because we would never survive. Oh, I'm gonna have to go search through my old tweets. <laughs> just delete your whole account, man. Yeah. You can't yeah, have that it. stuff getting out there. <laughs> Before we get started, Phil, I'll let you kick off, but I have an honorable mention I want to mention. I have an honorable mention I want to mention. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you Maybe mention that mention, Mike? <laughs> Thanks, Phil. And Phil, this is one of our patented mini-episodes. Yes, and for some reason I feel really uncomfortable as if somebody's got something stuck up my back. Oh, <laughs> just can't get comfy. Hold on. Why can't I? Whoa. What's that guy doing up there? Yes, this is our, our top five gay porn scenes. Oh, that's a good turn. <laughs> Sorry, because you said you've got something stuck up your back. Yeah, I, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't expecting that, and it, it threw me for a little Mike, there's a hand where it shouldn't be, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> right. Everything you say fits into my top five. <laughs> <laughs>